welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, the other two are along for the ride. Kirk, say hi. Hi. Yeah, fuck you, James. I mean, James, say hi. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> James and I are in a little riff right now. He's uh, not being a very good person, and it makes me sad. <laughs> he left me hanging like a Stephen Glansberg last night and didn't say anything till today at like noon. No, that's not true. On his mind in the morning, like, oh, I missed something. Should have texted Aaron. Should let him know it was. Hey, sorry, man. That was it. No, it wasn't even that. I texted so. you at. Texted you at. Texted you at. Yeah, keep the people waiting. Eight fifty-three a.m. That's noon Eastern time. That's 9.45 Eastern time. And I'm on Central. That's literally, I go to work, I get settled into work, and then I message you, hey, bud, sorry about that. Should have been as soon as you rolled over in bed. Just saying. Anyway, Kirk, how was Oregon? It was great. Got a lot of puppy love and good nature and cool stuff to look at. That's all (laughs) I'm going for. Puppies and natures. Yeah. It's a win-win, man. I like that. Hopefully you said hi to my brother for me. I did not. No. <laughs> Fuck him too. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that is way better news than what the Colorado Rockies have been doing the last week and a half. Huh? You guys been watching? Yeah, they're down 2 nothing as we speak. Hey, it's better than 10-0, like the first game, right? 10 runs, first inning, Herman. 10 runs, I think it was like 12 batters, 13 batters or something. Herman, I think he's broken. He couldn't even get out of the inning. No. His body language was negative, toxic. He just couldn't find it. And it was just – it carried over from his start, I think, in San Francisco. I think his last start was in San Francisco. And he was horrible then too. Couldn't find any of his stuff. And I don't know. He's broken right now. And quite frankly, it absolutely sucks. Dude, respectfully, respectfully, I'm playing adult league baseball where the baseball is horrible and the pitchers are subpar and the defense is subpar. And I have to tell you, a 10 run inning is still like pretty far and in between. Like that just doesn't really happen. <laughs> no. So, I mean, at the major league level, like that's it's crazy. I think you have to think. You have to think that the adjustment of road versus home is like messing over. Makes you think something might be wrong with him. I mean, that's the only. I don't know. You, you even if you like aren't feeling it that day, that doesn't really happen. So, it, you got to figure. But you know, if he does go down, that pretty much locks in the Chi Chi train. Oh, yeah. TG trains here. I think he'll stay. He's earning it for sure. The uh, 13 starts was the over under. He's at four right now. Four Chi trains. Choo choo's on there. And he has like a 3 5 ERA somewhere around there. He was at like a 320 before his last start, but he gave up four runs in five. So it might be up a little bit, but Chi Chi hasn't been doing too, too bad. We I'm might. Fine with we might. We might get some. We might get twenty chi chi choo choos here going by the end of the year. Oh, boy. 
It's more like Chi-Chi's going to win 13 games, not just start them. Dude, if Chi-Chi wins 13 games, James has to need an entire cake in one sitting. <laughs> you, Deal. You Deal. have to. That's, that's Deal. Yeah. The, I, the odds are... <laughs> if Chi-Chi wins 13 games, then fine. I mean, at this rate, I don't know if the Rockies team will win 13 games. It's rough right now, man. It is rough. They are um, – I watched um, – Fangraphs has updated their their standings or whatever. Anyway, uh, the Rockies are projected to lose a major league low 63 games as of today. That's better than I thought. What are the Tigers? Um, so the run differential for the Rockies is going to be better than the Tigers, but the Tigers will ultimately win more games according to fangraphs fangraphs it's smart we're in for a long season and the worst part about this like run of this last week and a half is that there have been no like bullpen implosions because we haven't had a lead like it we just haven't the pitching starting pitching is kind of going well of averages even and out and we have not been able to watch a bullpen implosion watch we were like on two maybe three this last week i don't think we got one implosion we had to take one off because the Rockies raked, but the fun is gone. Yeah, the games that um, – two out of three games that we lose are not competitive. Like, they're just – At all. Complete, complete blowouts. And then the third game we lose is a little bit competitive, but, you know, they're like 3-2 or 4-2 games or whatever. I don't know, man. We, we all knew it was going to be a really long year, and at least we have the good news that – the Breidich is out and Bill Schmidt is in, which I don't give, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't give a fuck. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't give an F man. about Bill Schmidt. And like Scraxy was saying is that like, it's a fine end of the year interim hire. Right. But if we don't ultimately hire somebody outside the organization to come in and clean, clean house, it's, it's all for naught, right? That's my uh, biggest me, concern. Go me first. personally, like, I'm down with some Bill Schmidt. Like, Ooh. that's – yeah, let's, let's just see what he does, you know? His draft picks were really solid, so at least he, like, can make a decision. He's very, so, very good at scouting and um, drafting and all that. It's – what does he do with the major league roster and all that? It's so here's some names that he's drafted. So he's been in charge of the draft since 2000. He joined under O'Dowd in 1999. Really good track record. Just a baseball dude since like the early 90s. Um, but here are some names he's drafted. First round. I just did first round. Just quick stuff. Quick hitters. Jeff Francis, our boy. Ian Stewart. Tulo. Casey Weathers. Tyler Matzik. Rex Brothers, who is still believe it or not, pitching. Um, Trevor Story, David Dahl, John Gray, Freeland, B-Rod, Pints, Wallison, Toglia, Zach Veen. Like all these names, like most of these names are players he drafted and that we know of. And of the um, roster, so this was another fun one I found, and I'll end with these numbers. But he signed 12 of the 25 players on the 2018 postseason roster eight of the 25 on the 17 roster 
and then 10 on each of the 2009 and 2007 postseason teams. Oh, yeah. So he's like 30, 40%, up close to 50% of the players he were drafted by this guy. So his track record is fantastic when it comes to scouting, right? Like if you're doing that kind of numbers, like Rockies are well known for their homegrown talent. He's very good at that aspect. I'm sorry, who'd you say before Tyler Matzik? Um, Casey Weathers or Tulo? Uh, Rex Brothers. You said Rex Brothers is still pitching? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's out of the game. Tyler Matzik's still pitching. I, I know Brothers was still in the league like maybe last year or the year before. Did I get mixed up with Weathers maybe? No, Matzik. Rex Brothers. Matzik. Who's he pitching for? The Cubs, man. The Cubs? Got a 348 ERA, 10, 10, 10 innings pitched. That's this getting year. him back. He's 115 ERA plus. Strikeout per nine is up to close to 16 strikeouts per nine. That Rex, 20, Brothers, that Rex Brothers. In 2021, Rex Brothers. 2021, just, yes. <laughs> crazy. And Tyler Matzik is fucking lighting it up. Lighting it up for the Braves. That's great. I mean, the Rex Brothers thing, let me give you his numbers in 18 and 19 and 20. His, he had an infinite ERA in 2018. I'm not sure what happened. He only appeared in one game. And then in 2020, he pitched and had an eight-plus ERA in three innings. So, like, this is definitely an oddball year. Yeah, so that's why I was so surprised when he said that. I thought he was out of the game. Yeah, I mean, I've never once been like, man, I, I wish we still had Rex Brothers. I've never once said that. So I'm going to continue to say that. But <laughs> Right. And I mean, back to the Schmidt deal, right? Like it's been part of, you know, if you draft 50 percent correct in the first round in baseball and like they make the major league roster, like I think that's that's a success. That's, that's yeah. Good. And like at the end of the day, like he's like generally a quiet person it seems like he's not really like talking a whole lot and stuff like that and I think at the end of the day like Breidich wasn't the only problem like it's it's Monfort full-blown 100% like so like we can be happy about Breidich leaving and stuff but at the end of the day like it's kind of going to be the same stuff until Monfort's gone which could be never so and that's the biggest issue Go ahead, James. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's the whole thing with, like, fans that are protesting and fans that are mad about um, the front office. Like, the whole thing is, is like, okay, Breidich resigned, which is great. We're happy about that. But, the, like, if you're just going to hire another yes man or somebody that's perceived to be a yes man for Monfort, then it's it's a it's an L. Like, it's not going to be a good deal. So, Bill Schmidt is is fine. I have no I have no qualms with him, but I also like just because you're an intern doesn't mean that you automatically get my respect, right? Um, right. So from here on out, like you need to make a good hire outside of an organization, bring somebody else in because I hate to say it, but the last three decades have been for the most part a disaster. We've been to the playoffs four times. So the World Series run. Yeah, I mean, like, let's be real about that. Like, that's such a fluke, man. You went 
20 games out of your last 21. Yeah, we don't need to spend time on it. It's a fluke. We get it. <laughs> yeah, so you need somebody outside the organization that comes in and, like, clean some things up because doing this in-house BS just ain't working, and I think we're all sick of it. Just super sick of it. And Bill Schmidt, you know, kudos to you, but I don't trust you. And what I'm most concerned about is him doing such a good job that Monfort really likes him. Like he gets the most return on our investment on story, Marquez, Gray, Freeland, possibly maybe throw in, I don't know, whoever, who else, Crone, if he keeps doing this. And he gets the most bang for his buck and does just fantastic at his job. And he shows Monfort like, hey, I deserve this. And that freaks me out because we need the change in the system. The front office needs to change. We need outside blood. We need outside ideas. Cause like you just said, it's not working over this time. Again, Bill, do your thing, go great, do fantastic trade values, get all that and go right back down to scouting. Cause you're really freaking good at it. And let's bring somebody else in, but I don't want him to be good enough and to get Monfred's attention and go, Ooh, yeah. You know what? Let's just be loyal again and just promote this motherfucker. And, stick with the same old BS and here we go again for the next 10, 15 years. There's only know. one way. There's only one path to Rocky success, sustained success. And that is farmhouse scouting, drafting, and developing players. We develop. can't sign free agents. We can't do any of that. We can't make trades. And that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. But our identity is to develop players, draft players, so on and so forth. So let's just do that all the time, every year year after year after year, let's beat everybody in scouting. That's our mission every year. It's not hard. It's not, it's not brain surgery. It's not yeah. rocket surgery. It doesn't need to be brain. Right? right. Right. And did you see this um, Amora, Amora Jr. that Breitich or Monfort was talking to? He was the ex, I want to say the Phillies. I should have been more versed on this. Might get Mike on that. But Amora Jr. was an ex-Phillies GM who was a hundred times worse than Breitich. Like, just a horrible GM, like, of all time. And he is almost turning down the Rockies' job because of Monfort with the meddling that Monfort likes to do and control and all that stuff. And so if that's the outside hires that we're looking at, it actually makes me even more nervous. And the fact that he, such a bad person, person at his job is turning down the Rockies like how does this make how is this a desirable position for somebody that's actually good at their job like what's yeah, gonna... it's, it just that's it it's Monfort all the way and it's just going to be kind of one of those franchises that can never really succeed because the owner doesn't care and that's just the writing's on the wall and until like if he sells the team that's when we celebrate until then it's all the same we might get a couple of good runs here and there just kind of everything falls in place the right year but i don't really see us ever being consistently good and it sucks to say and it's just we finally got the good news a week and a half ago that brightest is gone and now we're still down in the dumps because there's absolutely no faith and no hope around and so it's who do they bring in? Who do they change? And it's not going to, that search isn't going to start until the end of the season. So we have to sit here until October and just have the same conversation 
and figure out what to do next. And it just, it's absolutely no fun right now. Um, yeah, just sucks. Just sucks, man. Like, when are they going to figure it out? Like the Packers, like Aaron Rodgers is possibly coming to the Broncos because the Packers front office is just as atrocious as the Colorado Rockies. And even like the Broncos were kind of in that same rut. It was just more of like an Elway issue, in my opinion. But right. he stepped down, and now it seems like things are turning around again. So, yeah, and just like those upper management positions are like so crucial that people don't people don't realize how important they are. Right, and and there's so much there's so much to it. It's not an easy job, and there's only thirty of them out there, but. There's got to be better options. I hopefully, hopefully they figure it out. And again, nothing against Schmidt, but hopefully he's not too good at his job where Monfort keeps him here. Um, in this last week, we did have three pitching debuts. We had Lucas Gilbreth, the Colorado Rockies pitcher, um, or Colorado native pitcher. Finally, he got to sit next to Yasin in the bullpen and get the follow up and get his first pit, um, first outing. And did you guys see what happened on his first pitch? Bomb shot. Bomb shot. Poor kid. <laughs> like, Welcome, to it. Welcome to the league, baby. And he pitched great today in his outing today in game one of the blowout. Got three, three outs without any runs. But it was welcome to the big leagues moment. After being welcome to the big leagues moment and, like, sitting next to one of his childhood uh, – uh, role models with Yassine and talking to him. The other one was Justin Lawrence, who is fucking electric. Did you guys see his outing? All right, see yeah. him pitching. Yeah, I, I I saw some some pitches and like I I want no part of that. Nasty man. Yeah, he's just straight filthy. The arm angle, the speed, the, the movement, all of it. Like, he must have just been trying to be able to locate because, like, how has this guy not been up sooner, you know? He must have had some serious control issues. But yeah. he looks very good. I'm hoping he can keep it together because it's electric. And he just has that kind of psycho look about him, you know? Like the don't mess with me, Amir Garrett type of look like – like I'm Joe just Kelly, Joe what? Kelly, just throwing up people's faces, you know. Yeah. Let's Not let's gonna, get that going. Yeah, and it just brought a certain energy. Like it was so cool, the Joe Kelly aura, the egos that come with that relief pitcher that you want to come in in the seventh eighth. He had it. Um, his story is actually interesting. So kind of what you're saying, Kirk. His command has been a, atrocious in the minor leagues. Eight plus ERA, high walk rate, whip rates around 1.5. Like none of it's good, but he had to sit out last year. Like he couldn't do anything with the team because he got caught with uh, PEDs, caught loosely. He tested positive for a PED, PED that was in one of the other things that he was taking. Like it wasn't an actual PED. It was like the side effects. He unknowingly took it, blah, blah, blah. So he had to go down to, so he went down to Florida and became a coach for some U13 teams, U14 teams, and became really good friends with this um, eight-year-old autistic kid and was able to 
form a relationship with him. And I think that's kind of put everything in perspective and whatever he worked on when he was down there and have fun and kind of just get away from baseball. I think helped him a lot with this first, first outing, first few outings so far. But very interesting story. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that reminds me of Tyler Matzik when he came up with the Rockies um, the first time. Is like he was so wild and kind of inconsistent. But like when you have it, you have it. And even when you're in the minor league system and you can't really like prove to be successful, like they'll still give you a shot at the major league level. And Matzik, like when he came up, he pitched an amazing game against the Dodgers. It was like really good that his rookie season. And then it all kind of went away because he couldn't throw strikes, which is unfortunate, but you know, a couple of years away. Um, now he's one of the key pieces in the Braves bullpen. And mm. so the Lawrence story is pretty similar to that. Daniel Bards is another story. That's an even prolonged version of that story. It's just funny, like how much baseball can get in your head and like you just have to step away for a second to gain for gain some perspective. Mm-hmm. Rex Brothers, um, that Corbin Burns dude for the Milwaukee Brewers, very similar. Like he's 33, 34 years old and he's just now dominating, but he had to take away. He said he got sent down and he was just taken away from the game and just didn't think about it for a year and worked on some mechanics, but didn't like focus on the stresses of it and just now he's just dominating it's just so Mookie Betts Mookie Betts at a level was ready he called his mom and said I'm done like I'm tired I can't figure it out I'm done with this Mookie Betts perennial MVP candidate was about ready to walk away from the game because that's how hard and frustrating it is baseball is ridiculous so, oh, it's like so much mental in between the ears and being mentally strong with all of it. It's crazy. Um, and the third third pitcher that got his debut was Josh Fuentes. Josh Fuentes made it when we were getting blown out by the Giants 12 to 0 about a week and a half ago. Actually, the day after Brightish got fired. Um, he looks okay. Dude, Josh Fuentes is the if I'm ever gonna if I'm ever gonna have a wiffle ball team, I want Josh Fuentes on my team. Like he's, he's gonna be the, he's like the ultimate backyard baseball uh, wiffle ball kind of guy. Is he gonna be an all star MLBer? Uh, probably not. But <laughs> not at this rate, no. If I'm going to the Sandlot and I get to choose, I'm taking Josh Fuentes for sure. On that, did you guys know Josh Fuentes didn't have a walk until today? Josh Fuentes got his first walk in 83 appearances, played appearances today. He probably needs to have a conversation with Joey Votto and how on-base percentage is like a big part of the game. So maybe we should figure that out, Josh. Love you. That's pretty crazy. I want like, do you guys happen to know what his walk rate was last year? No. Because, like, I don't know if that's like a Nolan thing being gone type of a thing or just like feeling super pressured because he's the guy. But, like, 83 plate appearances, you can't get one walk. He looked atrocious at the plate. He's chasing absolutely everything. 
His OP has an average of 207 with an OPS of 507. Yeah. I, 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 I feel it. like if you I feel like if you just take to two strikes, you probably get walked at least five times in that period, you know? Oh, he is just really bad at walking. In 98, this is from Mike here. In 98 plate appearances last year, he had two walks. I did not wow. know it was that. So bad. this is just this is just who he is then. <laughs> this is just who he is. Four walks in the all of his major league in 83 major league games. Four walks in 83 games. 235 plate appearances, four walks. Wild. I, I, Dude, I don't care who you are. That is not set up for success. No, we need Connor Joe. Bring up Connor Joe. We need some OBP. Is Greg Bird still around? I don't know. I mean, we called up Matt fucking Adams for some stupid ass reason. And where you have Greg Bird and Joe Connor Joe down in the minors. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. If Greg Bird. Bird. Dude, Rockies and signing washed up for his basement. Like, name a more iconic duo. Can't we literally Matt Adams? Why, dude? Fuck it. Let's get Jason Giambi up. I bet here, Jason Giambi. We are kidding, coach. Jason Giambi could at least come in and take more walks than Fuentes does in eighty-two at bats. I would put money on it. I would. I'm not a betting man, but absolutely. I would put money on that. Dude, Giambi was lit, man. Like he, he always gave you a good at bat. Yeah. Like he was a really good player. Like even Dude, when we got him, you know. He was an amazing at bat. And then, do you remember when Tracy left? They were talking about hiring Giambi as the coach, the manager. Yeah, yeah I do remember that. Yeah. Dude, talk about a player's, a player's manager. Giambi would have been – would we have won a lot of games? Probably not. But would that have been fun to watch? Like, that's entertaining baseball right there. <laughs> so much fun. You just see Jason Giambi coming out of the out of the dugout to yell at the umpire. Just big old tattooed arms and – oh, that would have been fun. Oh, um, that would have been must-watch TV. It doesn't be. matter. Maybe we we lost 100 games. That's fine. Like, that would have been fun. That would have been great. You know what else is fun right now? Ramel Tapia. Yeah, dude. Dude's the GOAT. Literally. He's yeah. always been fun. He's always been fun. Farmer. And talk about a guy that puts in a good at bat every time. Like... He just competes. I love it. I love the way he competes. I love the way he tries to take pitches. I love the way he tries to bat. Everything about it. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's not He's not a superstar. We, he was never a top 10 prospect, I don't think. I mean, he was never somebody that was going like, to light the world on fire, but he's fun. Yeah. I don't know what he's batting currently, but I saw he was up to 320 today. So he was at that is that is all-star type stuff, man. Yeah, he's at, he was at 317 when I saw it. Yeah, he rose he raised his batting average from 288 game two at the San Francisco pretty much a week ago 
He was hitting 288. In this week, in this span, he's right, rose it up to 320. And I know he had a few hits this more, uh, this early afternoon. Dude, Rankin, does he make yeah, the All-Star he, game? He had a grand slam today. Yes, he did. Yeah. MLB, MLB Twitter didn't retweet it or anything to show anybody, which is bullshit, but whatever. Does he make the All-Star game? Um, I think that story will probably get our notch, and so I don't think Tapia does. We can't have two. No. No. <laughs> Not this year. We don't deserve it. No. Yeah, there's going to be no fan attention. I'm going to say he's going to make it. If you're leading the league in batting average and you have like these big moments like this, dude is clutch. He's got to keep this up for two more months. So <laughs> we'll Jeez. see. Like, it's still, we're only like one month into the season, you know? Agreed. But I'm going for it. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. And today we'll end it with this. The good news is minor league baseball is back for the first time in like 600 days. Might have made that number up, but it sounds good. So we're going with it. And everybody's in action. The Grizzlies, the Indians, the Yard Goats, the uh, the Isotopes are all playing today. And our boy Dugan is down in Fresno um, lacing up the sneakers, ready to do his thing down there. Playing down there with the likes of Zach Veen, uh, Lucas Gill, Romo, Levine. Like a pretty star-studded future lineup down there in Fresno. Um, I almost wonder if you guys you guys want to go in on this by the minor league uh package m-i-l-b-m-i-l-b tv yeah so he's he's coming in probably seventh or later probably yeah he's definitely a reliever dude and they just started today today's game one fresno is actually up one zero he might get in today Lucas Gill, the guy in the Nato trade, got the RBI hit. Just saying, you might get All it. Right. the The future is bright, very bright. Thank you for watching. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Google Podcast by looking up Blake Street Banter. Thank you.